Expelliarmus, Tom. Oh, your wit is so disarming, Alberto. Ooh, we got a clever guy up in here. That was absolutely magical. Stupefying. Oh, oh stupefying. Yeah, okay. Right, okay. I'm, I'm clearly not great with the wizarding puns today. Clearly not. Well, I'm Alberto. And I'm Tom. And this is Pardon Me Butler. The show where we go to the well yet again and talk about Harry Potter and just really thinking about the order of Hogwarts and just how baffling that as an institution is. Yeah, and, and I know what you're thinking. Auditing. That's incredibly boring. And people that do that have really sad lives. Oh, dude. 14 exams on accounting. Sign me up. Oh, yeah. Sounds really thrilling. Um, but let's do our own fun audit, right? Let's, uh, let's talk about Hogwarts. They definitely will do this. It's some form of training, I'm sure. Let's do a fun audit, everyone. You know? <laughs> yeah, everyone. Wands out for inspection. <laughs> okay, that's a different sort of audit in a different industry you're thinking of. <laughs> hey, hey. It's an it's a industry with plenty of, you know... Maybe you should watch Boogie Nights. That is probably and, where that's happened. So. Yeah. Great, great wizard Bangs, stuff. pops, and fizzes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I'm really not on top of it today. Jeez. <laughs> but a fun audit. A fun audit. So um, we, we copied some really boring text from the internet, which we will jazz up for you. So an audit involves three elements. The first one is a substantial risk assessment. Woo! That's all we're going to say on that one. The second one is evidence gathering in response to the risk assessment. Okay, oh. this, why are these people paid so much? This shit's easy. That sounds lit. And what's the third element, Tom? Audit opinion reported to shareholders based on the evidence obtained. Okay, so that's extremely logical, easy, I, I feel as though stuff. they could have uh, described that in one step, but they thought we need to make it sound more official by putting it into three. They could have just said report on evidence gained risk assessment or yeah. something like that. And and the thing like what we've copied here is a lot of text. Like that's oh, yeah. really been boiled down for you guys and your benefit, so please appreciate. So just to give you a little hint, so things like financial statements, materially misstated, acceptable level. That's what you were missing out on. Risk. <laughs> risk again. So cracking on First bit, the most exciting bit, the budget. Now, we'll first talk about income and then expenses. So income is the fun stuff, right? Clearly, this is funded, a school funded by the government and through some kind of really unclear tax regime. And I think that is definitely uh, the clear conclusion to reach because, let's face it, they had to... Like, Dumbledore was forced into accepting Umbridge on some level. So, you know, mm -hmm. the government influence there was significant. If it was a private school, then, yeah, uh, he probably would have been able to say no. But definitely a, a state school. But clearly also, like, very few regulations. Like, even, like, a oh, yeah. state school, you wouldn't just be able to depose with no reason mm. of a certain headmaster or teacher. Yeah. And, or install your own people in any position. And uh, And to be fair, clearly the Ministry of Magic was a bit lax on updating the safety of Hogwarts, unless this was a safer Hogwarts than before, at which point I'm a little bit concerned of, like, 19th century schooling, you know? Well, back then they had the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, yeah, actually. Right? So surely, I assume, some students went to die. But think about it. The first year, and I know we're not talking about safety yet, but let's just cover it now. Yeah. In the first year... 
Dumbledore was like, please avoid the third floor corridor unless you wish to die a painful death. Yeah, that would be a bit... At first, it's like, is he, is he joking? Is he just kind of having a bit of a, of a banter as an old man? Or Which is, is he absolutely what they, losing it? what the author said in the book, right? She yeah. was like, oh, some people thought they were joking, but Percy with a prefect was, oh, no, that's not a joke. Imagine that it's like a man with a twinkle in his eye. It's like, if you, unless you want to die a painful death. <laughs> you know, unless, you'd be very concerned if unless that Unless you want is... to meet the three-headed dog. <laughs> yeah, imagine that, it, like, your induction at work, where it's like, if you go to the third floor, you, uh, you're done, you know? Yeah, well, pretty intense. on a separate note, Dumbledore is a bit of an old creep. Mm. But that's a separate note. That's a separate so, note. So, income. Okay, so clearly they get their money from the government we have no idea how much it is what like the amount per student is yeah what happens during the summer or during the the breaks i guess during the breaks you can stay there but yeah i don't even know if they have an annual budget review this whole wizard thing like seems to be kind of made up Mm. for some reason so maybe they don't know what they're doing i don't know yeah honestly jk should have thought a lot deeper about this she should have known that in 20 years two two guys sat in a flat would be scrutinizing her imagination. If she wants to waste our time coming up with Professor McGonagall's ex-husband's name yeah, and that kind of nonsense, then she could have at least hired someone from KPMG to do an actual audit of her terribly laid out school. Because we've already just done the first section, which is income of, of the budget, and we have no real answers. You know, honestly, the idea of auditing a story... It just made me think how useful that would have been for the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Imagine like having to send that to KPMG and being like, does this make sense? And then just imagine all the notes that would come back. Yeah. At least when you watch Star Trek, that clearly like was all thought out because it's like the least fantastical like sci-fi or fiction series I feel that has been in the pop culture mainstream in the last like 30, 40 years. Um, I mean, frankly, going back further into, into the 60s with Gene Roddenberry creating the, the series in the first place. But yeah, that that was back in the good old days, you know, when sci-fi was actually more rooted in sci than fi. Yeah, practical imagination. Yeah, now it's all, all fi it. with a bit of sci. Yeah, it's a good way to put it, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, we've got the income uh, checked off for now. Let's talk about the expenses in the budget. So, Tom, what's our first kind of main category? Staff. How much are the staff actually paid? And these aren't staffs for casting spells. We're talking <laughs> about staff as in people. Mate, get yourself in the correct uh, correct fictional world. We, we, we don't have a Gandalf with a staff here. They have their wooden wands. <sighs> their 12-inch wooden wands. Uh, I don't know, nine and three quarters and springy. I think that describes mine pretty well. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to comment. Phoenix tail. Phoenix tail. Rising up. From, from the ashes. <laughs> Rising up from the bed of destruction. Yep. Okay, so we've got professors, and we did do some actual calculations because we are men of numbers. We are. We're data people. Yes. And so figuring out what the typical um, salary of a teacher for in Scotland, because remember, Hogwarts is in Scotland, in fact. So that comes in around 33,000 to like 40,000. So we thought, okay, kind of go middle-ish ground here and just say like around the 33 range with a rough 
conversion of five galleons is going to be one pound sterling. That, we think, it clocks them in at around six and a half thousand galleons a year based on this Scotland salary. I mean, again, like the, the banking infrastructure of this wizarding society is so terrible. Like, do they get paid in cash in hand at the school? But they would get paid from the ministry. So would they just get their you cash know, down in Gringotts in London? And then how do they access their money? That's the other thing as well. Like, there seems to be certain businesses or institutions that just have a monopoly on things. So, for example, Gringotts, they could set whatever interest rates they want, surely. Because where's, like, the fintech coming in to disrupt Gringotts, yeah. you know? Yeah. Where's your, your Monzo, your PayPal, any of that stuff? Yeah. And then... DNE uh, does not exist. Clearly not. But, yeah, so that, that doesn't even make any sense. So it's like, why would they get a salary in the first place if you can't even access that money? That's a good point, yeah. They, they, they may as well, for all we know, be receiving money that's more like um, kind of those companies from the, the sort of Wild West expansion where, you know, mining, mining companies would say that you come live in our town and we pay you in corporation bucks. <laughs> And then you would you would literally would not be able to like leave because you would typically accrue a lot of debt. Yeah. Because they would pay you a very low wage. Everything in the kind of like um, official shop on their like campus or whatever, like the, the the store with groceries, everything, they would all be super expensive. So you would basically be on credit, and then they wouldn't let you leave until you paid off everything. Or you could leave, but you have no real money. So where else would you go? You know what? I did not know that was a thing. Uh, oh yeah, that's that's Wild American West. corporate ingenuity for you. You can you can just tell the Harry Potter series was written by a European person because mm. she didn't find more ways to screw the individual worker in her story. You know what she naivete naivete. Yeah, I mean you've already got always got to screw the little guy, capitalism and all. You know, and the little guy in this case, of course, are the slave house elves. Yes. Who make the whole operation work, they're not even paid, right? We can extrapolate that, okay, Dumbledore, headmaster, 15,000 galleons a year of money he can't access. Yeah. No benefits, probably no pension, but like slave labor for all the cooking, cleaning, yeah, etc. I don't know what else the house elves do. Oh, I feel so literally everything. Like they maintain everything, I reckon. And they only work... Like, do they work on shifts? I mean, I know we're not there at that section yet either. Let, mm. We'll come back to that later. We'll, we'll come, come back, back to that later. Okay. Well, essentially, we're thinking professors, 6,500 gallons a year. Headmaster, 15,000 gallons a year, which kind of mm-hmm. projects up to that 90 grand. But again, what would they even spend it on? Like, you can't imagine Hogsmeade is, like, wildly expensive and, like, a high street, can you? But... Yeah, yeah. And no benefits or pensions, we're thinking. Yeah. So... So then we've also got uh, another expense category, which would be classroom supplies. So you've got all those plants for those, that, that what was it, what was her called? Was herbology. That? Herbology. Yeah. Herbology. Not even just herbs. Mm. Although, frankly, these wizards could, you know, after all these years in school, they could learn to cook a thing or two. Not everyone has a house elf slave. Yeah, you know what? When mate? they graduate, I'm the last person who can talk about people needing to learn to cook. To be honest, so <laughs> well, may- maybe that's just a again British schooling. Well, this is I, the thing. I learned to cook so, in school. 
when I was in like seventh grade. Oh, the most we learned to cook was this like French bread pizza thing, how to make a fruit salad, which I can't believe there was a lesson dedicated to that. French bread pizza thing. Yeah. <laughs> I could drop the thing. It was French bread pizza. So it was like a baguette, but you made it into a pizza basically. Um, it was a hit. Loved it. Are there any, any French people listening to this podcast? You can, you can just unsubscribe now. I'm sorry. Uh, no, blame the British culture, not... Yeah, blame the British system, not me. Blame um, the house elves that cook Tom's food Well, the thing is, so his this, whole life. This is okay, the thing, I don't, system. I don't have a baking tray either, and people seem to find that pretty controversial. But I have these, like, these enamel plates that you can use for cooking anyway, which I just kind of took what from work? my parents' house, and I'm like, that is my baking tray. It's just not in the shape of a normal baking okay, tray. Okay, so you stole from your parents. No, they said, it's fine, take them. But you said you kind of took it. I don't think this story... I think we need to audit this situation. We need to audit my story. We need to audit this situation. Yeah. Well, okay, long story short, when I get a baking tray and I start cooking at some form of level that is beyond a stir-fry, then I can comment on uh, the capabilities of these... Okay, okay. well, I'm, I'm happy to criticise them then. Yeah. I have a leg to stand on. You do. <laughs> um, but, so they've got all these herbology plants. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Some of which they... dangerous. Even in the second mm-hmm. year, it's like you could burst your eardrums if you're not careful. True. But I remember they were saying that they were going to use those, those mandrakes for, like, potions. Mm. So I can see a bit of, you know, circular economy happening at, at the, the school. Yeah. But you've also got all those potions ingredients. All those potions are basically going to waste because most students can't even make a single potion correctly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they require anything else. There's a bit of stuff they use for charms and transfiguration, but it feels like things you could just put in like a cupboard. You wouldn't have to buy new every year. Yeah, I mean, you know, just having to levitate a, f- a feather every year for the young'uns, the first, the freshest coming in, you know? Yeah. yeah. Pretty easy stuff. I guess the, the, the most expensive course, well, potions is expensive, yeah, of course, and the students have to, like, buy their own cauldrons. Ugh. I mean, talk about class warfare. Disgraceful. Um, but then you've also got... Uh, Transfiguration? Well, I was, was going to say of? defense against the dark oh, arts. Yes. Because they're like, oh, let's bring in all these, like, ghouls and goblins and weird creatures and then, like... That I is know, a good point. Murder them. Oh god! I don't. Yeah. I don't even know what they do. Like yeah, just kind of trap a creature. So do they need on-premise, like uh, zoology and stuff? You know, which I, I thought would be a bit of Hagrid anyway. Which is like the Fantastic Beasts stuff. Yeah, like that. That basically is saying that they're running like a, a small menagerie or zoo or something. Mm. Given the number of animals that whoever it is that this you know, eventually it's Hagrid, right? This yeah care of magical creatures blast-ended scroots and all that. Oh, my God. You know what? We might have just figured out. Maybe that solves some of the food questions. Having an on-premise, oh, like, farm. Yeah. yeah, maybe the whole thing of being like, don't go into uh, the Forbidden Forest because actually in there is just our, like, mass farming operation. Yeah, that must <laughs> be it. Yeah. The, the exposed underbelly of the Hogwarts food supply chain well i mean clearly that's where they could end up getting some horse meat so yeah go, go, do, yeah. A te- do a tesco on them maybe know? that's why they were so upset when that one <laughs> centaur you know, died or whatever yeah yeah oh his head served on a platter dumbledore i'm telling you dumbledore why dumbledore, in that forest did wild. something funny all of a sudden there's a dead centaur mm, i don't know 
I'm just highlighting the issues, okay? I'm just yeah. drawing attention to them. Oh, and that's the other thing as well. So, along with the food, then there's a lot of pets there, right? So, they've got an owlry. They mm-hmm. have, apparently, what is it? You could have an owl, frog, or cat. And... I believe it's a toad. Oh, toad, yeah. Toad or cat. And then... The so... three main animal groups, of course. Of course, yes. yes. So Flying, the... crawling, swimming. <laughs> exactly. You, could, you just can cover all bases. Um, but then, so, one, the, the cat food as well. So there's Mrs. Norris there who's been hanging around for a long time. Who... Uh, she eats, like, dead centaurs or something, for sure. 100%, actually. She probably is what takes care of the rat population, the mouse population. I feel like she also probably, oh, like... They gets... could get rats as well. Oh, yeah, you could have a rat. Oh, I forgot about that. A rat, a cat, an owl, a toad. Okay, so you've got... Welcome to my humble abode. Ooh. Okay, so you've got swimming, flying, crawling predator, crawling prey. Uh, I was going to say, like, running and then scurrying, but... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I think we're getting caught up in the semantics here, which is what auditors would do, so I think we're doing a good job. Yeah, we are being very, um, auditable, uh, I don't, I don't, auditory. Very auditory. Very, very auditory. That's what that word means. 100%, yep. mate. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So I mean, they don't even have grammar or spelling lessons or anything in this school. So I know. Imagine having to deal with them on emails or like memos and stuff. Oh yeah. How do they even communicate? I think it was the whole memos thing. Because remember in the seventh book where they talk about oh no the fifth book where Harry goes to the Ministry of Magic and they're talking about that time when they used owls instead of just these flying uh, pieces of paper and memos. Oh yeah, that's right. Bird droppings everywhere. Absolutely. Hmm. So. Right, there, well, I think that pretty much wraps up the budget expenses, right? Yeah, that definitely does. The next part is staff working conditions. So we've which, finished budget, thank God. Yeah, where we're starting to get pretty questionable with with how this approach, right? Because oh well, yeah, I say we're starting to get pretty questionable. We, we were already pretty questionable, and then this is where it just gets to um, just another level, really. Yeah. So the hiring policies. Seem a bit willy-nilly. Every single opportunity to hire a new defensive against the dark arts teacher ended with what you can probably guess was a straight white male. Is that so? Other than Umbridge. So Dumbledore was forced to hire a woman. You're right. They took it. This guy <laughs> took government is a, intervention. a gay misogynistic wizard. Yeah, 100%. And that's the third one I've known. Ha! <laughs> Yeah. I'm just kind of wondering how you define wizards in your regular life now. Uh, you know, anyone that's got a staff and some robes. <laughs> anyone can cast a spell over you. I'm sorry, when we met Dumbledore, he was in like a purple... He's like, purple robes, silver stars on them, like, big, berry, hairy man comes down on a motorbike, like, hey, here's a baby. Like, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm against it in any way. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just pointing it out. I'm just pointing it out. That's all. Mm. I'm not going to contest that. I speak for a different part of the LGBT community than Albus Dumbledore. (laughs) Evidently. (laughs) Evidently. But yeah, discrimination in hiring, right? Because as well, how many of the teachers were, well, to be fair, it was in Scotland. I guess it was in Scotland. So, um, you're not working with a very diverse population, perhaps, um, but yeah, where were the minorities? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the whole school, there was like 
for minority students. Yeah. I guess. At least named I don't know. characters. It, it, was, it was 90s Britain, so I don't know how different it was, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, the work-life balance, I mean, do any of them have family? It seems like if you work there, you have to be, like, a lonely old person or super in love with your uh, childhood sweetheart who married the guy you hate and then you're completely obsessed for the rest of your life. Because Snape is basically the guy with, like, the most job tenure there. Yeah. Well, actually, no, because... No, nah, that would be McGonagall. Actually, no, it would be the ghost professor. Oh, yeah, Professor Bins. Professor Bins, who died whilst lecturing. <laughs> but to be honest, that's probably the cheapest course, because there's he's no other materials, yeah. and he's a ghost. And they so, do pay ghosts. Oh, this is a not. ghost Yeah, what labor. can a ghost use? But yeah, so, and that was the thing, what also I said to you the other day, if Snape in this is meant to be, by the time Harry joins Hogwarts, like 32, because uh, James and Lily died when Harry was, yeah, when Harry was one and they were 21. So then 10 years later, yeah, so yeah, 10 years later, actually, so it would have been 31, which is kind of wild. Well, as I was also saying to you in that conversation, you've got like, so so Lily, what was what was her surname? I forget. Um, was it Evans? Evans. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So she learns that she is magical. Yeah. Um, goes to this school, meets this guy, falls in love with him, and then has a baby, and then gets killed in ten years. It's a pretty roller coaster ten years. What have you done in your life in the last <laughs> ten years? If you're not about to fall in love, have a child, and get murdered by a psychopathic war criminal, you're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. So, also, there's no guidance counselors. Yeah, at, at, is, at it, the is it all Madame Pomfrey? It's like uh, physical health as well as mental health, sexual health as well. I'm pretty sure if mental well-being was a concern they wouldn't even have this institution in the first place that's a, that's a fair point i don't think it's it was like, high on the priority list we're gonna take you and you're gonna have no idea what's gonna happen to you we're gonna stick you on a train send you up to the middle of nowhere in scotland where you can't escape we're gonna force you to be one of four types of people yep one of four types of people no room for anything in between no mm -hmm. mixers even yeah um and then we're just gonna have slaves take care of you. You'll emerge knowing some fun tricks, but no life skills and no idea how to actually you spell. how to cook. I mean, you know how to, like, curse, hex, and spell in that sense, but you don't know how to, like, spell yeah. words. Hmm. No life skills, as you say. And, I mean, remember, Harry, Harry went off. So it's not even just staff working conditions, students as well. Yeah. Also, okay, so first off, Harry had no idea what the selection process was. They were like, you have to wrestle a troll. Poor communication, probably because no one ever taught them actually how to, like, write. Yeah. Um, my other point was also very profound about <laughs> the, the disaster that is this education system. Well, the point is, it just seems very... Oh, one time, and I thought... I, like, I remember reading these books as a kid... And I remember aspiring to, like, growing up. I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to, like, go to, like, a university because that feels like what campus life is like. First off, no giant squids anywhere. Terrific disappointment, right? But also the super dangerous, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and also, 
at some point, Hermione had like a stack of toast and was like, I'm going to go study. And she had this stack of toast. And I thought, you get, you, you grow up, you're an adult. No one can tell you, you can't have a stack of toast for breakfast. Right. I envisioned like an entire loaf of bread. So you were like, I cannot wait to just, just have toast for breakfast whenever I want. I mean, toast is amazing in the first place. But like, the the point I'm making is that that is a terrible, like, student living condition where she's like, let me hoard a massive quantity of toast, mm. which goes cold in about 90 seconds. Yep. And then she went off to study. I mean, maybe it's self-inflicted, but I don't know. Student condition is not, not, as, not where that could be. I don't know. Definitely not. Certainly no emphasis on physical or mental well-being. Yeah, well, I mean, that gets into the whole, like, how are they meant to understand their own performance when it comes to even points and stuff, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, the points inflation over the course of the books, one, in, like, Harry is devastated. He loses his house, like, three points in a given class, right? In Snape's class, in, like, the first yep. potions one. Yep. But then by the end, it's like, yeah, take 50. Yeah, cool. Like, you know, in the fifth book, it's like, have 50 points. Yeah, you did well, you know? Yeah, they're just like, oh... At the last night possible, we're going to give a ton of points that changes the whole thing. And then also, some of it's based on sport. Yeah. Because first you've got, like, the Quidditch Cup, and those points are, like, their own whole thing. Yeah. And it's based on how many points you score Mm. in the actual game. But then, the Quidditch Cup is just part of the House Cup. So, like, if you're really good at Quidditch, even if, like, everyone in your house is kind of stupid. Yeah. You could just win the whole thing. I don't know. This sounds a bit more American to me now. That sounds pretty American, actually, yeah. Sports is the answer. If you can do sport, you get money. Uh, Yes. That was a magical accent. Honestly, I don't know what that was. It was just going for not my accent, so it could be... It was a very worldly accent. Very worldly. You could have been Somalian. I could have been been otherworldly. (laughs) Ooh, extraterrestrial. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> um, Is that how you try to communicate with them? <laughs> mm. Uh, you know, that's my that's my Yoda sound. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, clearly the uh wizarding madness is beginning to descend kind of, upon I think us. it's I think it's getting to us. It is. Um, well, the next bit that we wanted to cover on student life and well being was teenage pregnancies. Yeah, now this, I'm like, how do they handle this? What is the contraception of the wizarding world? Because you want your students to be safe, obviously, and it's like, how how do they navigate that? Because bear in mind that there are like 18-year-olds in Hogwarts, because in their seventh year, they turn 18. So obviously... But isn't want... the age of majority 17 for them? Yeah, but obviously they all wait until they're 18. Yeah, God, come on. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, most of them are waiting until well. marriage, like the rest of us, so... <laughs> which, which, based on the few examples we have, seems to be when you're, like, 19. Yeah, it seems legit with uh, James and Lily, so... Uh-huh. But, yeah, so, I don't... Uh, yeah, what, what, what's a wizarding abortion like? I mean, these are serious I got philosophical I got questions. There, actually. Surely they'll be able to do... Oh. That's deep. I don't know what they would do. Is there also, like, a pill for them? St. Mungo's just go all the way down there? Yeah, I mean, also, like, they say wizards are humans, but a lot of this, like, 
anti-abortion argument is like, well, it's a human life. But like, how would we know that for sure? Mm. Because is there a difference with wizarding DNA? There must be in some way, right? So like, how would you, I don't know. I'm just, just, it just seems, I don't understand why J.K. Rowling couldn't have planned out how Hogwarts students would get abortions and define, <laughs> define the, the concept of life and the ethical implications of terminating it before uh, the end of the pregnancy. You know what? It is. I mean, I'm just saying like, no wonder she's a children's author. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> well, that's all a turn. Um, <laughs> so I think the next point we is, had to be comprehensive in this audit we did so I think the next point we've got here is just on the I guess ecosystem around Hogwarts because there's Hogsmeade as well right there is and we have no idea how that village supports itself I mean it feels like sort of like a college town yeah how many visitors know? are coming through Hogsmeade because is it just literally like a self-contained uh, economy um, with the occasional outsider visitors. Because if that's the case, then it's kind of money just circulating around, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the students and professors even go from the school straight to Hogsmeade. There's tons of secret passages and yeah. legit paths. Mm. So yeah, I don't. I mean, it makes you wonder. Very unclear. I mean, in terms of the, that supply chain as well and the yeah. climate implications, you know, we should yes. think sustainably. I mean, probably a net polluter, right? Carbon emitter. They've got these terribly inefficient castle buildings and walls. They're always freezing. There's a reason that every time you try and buy merch, it's like a scarf. Scotland, you know? Yeah. They can't use electricity because it interferes, like, the magic interferes with it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, heavy use... Heavy fossil fuel users, it seems. Yeah, probably coal, definitely, at least wood. 100% for the train, you know, all that coal. Yeah, I mean, what's up with that train, too? Like, how do they even fund that? Like, we didn't even yeah. cover the... What What do they do with the train the rest of the year? It's clearly, mm. like, coal-powered. Yeah, and think about how long those tracks are. Like, surely there's got to be some level of maintenance on that huge stretch of track. Yeah, hundreds of miles. Hundreds, yeah. Literally, it's a day-long journey. Also, hang on a second. That sounds like it would be from King's Cross. I mean, there's no, like, stops on the way. Okay, now the timing checks out. 11 a.m. departure. I would guess about six-hour train ride. Mm. Maybe seven, considering how remote it is. Yeah. I don't know. They would definitely be quite hungry. Yeah. When they arrive. 100%. And it's like the evening feast. But it's feast, not past it? dinner time, I suppose. But then they have the whole, like, sorting f- feast. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, whatever. To be fair, I'm ha- I-, I-, I can let that slide in terms of the time it takes because she yeah. did that journey yeah. frequently, right? So she yeah, should hopefully know. She was probably like, why can't I get a chocolate frog on this train? Oh, boy wizard. Imagine, yeah, that was it. Be, That's the level of thought she put into it. It'd be fascinating. Nothing on teenage pregnancies. Nothing on a clear budget. She clearly didn't even address when house elves die, do they get replaced, right? That critical element of yeah. the supply chain has not been covered. So, I mean, why even read these books? If, I don't know, I guess wizards don't have logic, right? 
that's her excuse. So, given this audit review, how would you report back to the shareholders on Hogwarts? Yeah, so our final opinion. um, I don't understand how it works. There's no logic. Nothing is clear. I have really bad feelings about this creepy old gay professor, headmaster, who seems, I guess, totally accountable to the state to some extent. So maybe not totally accountable. Uh, I don't know. My my overall opinion, negative. And again, it's the state school. I think we're fine with it. 